Never doubt the zone. Make you eat the crumble. Laughing in your face. Laughing to the bank. She can keep the push. Hello and welcome to the Hot Handle Sports Podcast. My name's Ismael San Juan. Thank you so much for being here. Michigan gets it done. Harbaugh gets it done. They defeat Washington in the national championship, 34-13. Michigan led throughout the whole game. Washington did make it a little interesting, but in the end, Michigan is natty champions. They got the natty. Harbaugh got the natty. He finishes his job. We'll see if he goes into the NFL. The Dolphins choke the AFC East. The Bills are the number two seed. What does it mean for the Dolphins? And we'll try to find the silver lining for the Dolphins and all Dolphin fans out there. We'll try to find the silver lining, even though it does look pretty bleak. does look pretty bleak for the Dolphins. Um, the Jaguars, now they choked it super hard. Not only did they choke the division, the AFC South, CJ Stroud and the Texans win it. They also missed the playoffs after starting 8-3. and three. Crazy, crazy stuff. My boy Nadal is out of the Australian Open. I can't believe it. I am so hurt. I am actually attending the Australian Open. So if anyone's going and happens to listen to this, let me know. We might be able to link up and, uh, you know, catch some games. But, yeah, unfortunately, Nadal is out. We'll touch on what it means for his career this year. Is he going to retire? Are we ever going to see him compete for more than a couple weeks straight at this stage in his career? We'll touch on that. And also... We got to touch on Mike Rabel getting fired today from the Titans. Is he headed to the Patriots? Where is Bill Belichick going to go? We'll touch on that. Should the Patriots fire Bill Belichick? What should they do? It's going to be an interesting conversation this whole offseason. All of that on this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Let's get started. Harbaugh has fulfilled his duty with Michigan. You know, great season, undefeated, a lot of, you know, controversy, a lot of success. Wasn't there on the sideline coaching a lot of those games. But in the end, Michigan, Harbaugh's program gets it done. They show their they show their might. You know, they show their toughness yesterday. 34-13, uh, Michigan led throughout. They did look like the better team for most parts of the game. But somewhere in the middle, somewhere towards the end of the second, middle of the third, it did get a little iffy. The game was 17-10, or yeah, 17-10, 2013. It was around those times where you were like, oh, damn, Washington is kind of, the Huskies are kind of stealing the momentum. It looks like they they figured out how to stop Michigan's running game a little bit. Can they can they get this next touchdown to tie the game up, make it 20-20? And then we have ourselves a ball game. Unfortunately for the Huskies, they could never tie the game at 20-20. At the Wolverines, get two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and and then you're left with this score, 34-13, which you know indicates blowout. But it was for large parts of the game, the game was in the balance. It felt like if the Huskies go go and get another touchdown, make it 20-20, games there for their taking, and you know all the momentum would be on their side, and it looked like the Michigan's offense slowed down and wasn't able to find their footing, especially to start the second half. But in the end, the defense showed up. Michigan's defense was there all game long. Uh, when they had to, they got stops, and they prevented the Huskies from tying the game. This game actually reminded of a game we'll touch later, but the Sunday night game with the Dolphins and the Bills, in the sense that the Dolphins were leading, but they had the door open 
for the Bills. Like it looked like the Bills, if they tie the game, if they make it 14-14, um, then at some point it looked like they, they could take the momentum and win that game. Even though the Bills were giving the game away, it was 14-7, I believe, for a long, long time, a long, long period of the game. And it felt like if they get it to 14-14, they have a chance to steal that game. They have a chance to win that game. And ultimately, they did win that game 21-14. It kind of felt the same, in my opinion, watching the Huskies be down 2013. It felt like, bro, if they get this touchdown, make it 2020, it's bad for the Wolverines. It's bad. Like, once it gets to 2020 and the Huskies tie the game up after being down, like, early, they could steal all the momentum. But, like I said, Michigan's defense stuck it through, got them through it, got a, almost a pick six at the end. And it is what it is. That's that's it. That's Michigan. Um, now for the question everyone's been asking since this game ended, leading up to this game, is Harbaugh going to go to the NFL? Should he go to the Chargers? Should he go to the Falcons now that they fired Arthur Smith? Should he go to the Bills if they fire um, their coach once once they flame out in the postseason, if they do flame out? You know, a lot of options. I think, ultimately, I do think he's going to leave. He came and he did what he said he was going to do. He got the Minati. And I think he has that itch. He has an itch he has to scratch from losing the Super Bowl to his brother getting close with the Niners and not, you know, not winning the ultimate prize, not winning the Lombardi trophy. His brother ha- his brother has a ring. His brother might get another ring this year with the Ravens. You know, like, um, I know that's, that's an itch that Harbaugh has to scratch. And I think this is the perfect time to go. You know, you go with Atlanta, who has a lot of offensive weapons, young offensive weapons. Like, what can they do with Harbaugh? Um, whatever they do with their quarterback situation, it looks like I would say that Harbaugh could fix it. Does he go to the Chargers, who already have Herbert? Does he go maybe to the Patriots if they get rid of um, Bill Belichick? There's a lot of options for Harbaugh to do, but ultimately I do think he goes to the league this year. I, there's some people saying like he's 100% gone from Michigan. I won't go that far. I'll say he's probably like 85-90 going to the NFL. Just because in the post-game conference, he does talk very, very fondly of Michigan, what it means to be a Michigan man how a lot of players in, in that program know what it means to be a Michigan man. He talked about how some sophomores and freshmen, you know, they still don't know what it means to be a Michigan man, but they'll get there eventually. And you just know that he has a lot of love and a lot of passion for Michigan. That's that's why I won't say 100% he's going to the league. There is a little bit of chance that he stays there and he keeps building a legacy as the Michigan head coach. But with all the drama, all the, you know, NCAA speculation and stuff that has been the ledge towards him. I think he this is the perfect this is the perfect point to, you know, go back to the NFL. You got a natty, you can leave that mess behind and you can go scratch that itch in the NFL. And you know, all a lot of good teams are going to be, you know, hounding him. They're going to be hitting up his phone, they're going to be hitting up his agent. He's going to be a hot commodity. So, I think this is it. This is a perfect way to end. Congratulations to Michigan, congratulations to Harbaugh. And ultimately, I think he does come back to the NFL. Since I did reference the Dolphins game, let's talk about it. The Dolphins are pretenders. The Dolphins are pretenders. We've been knowing this. I've been said it on this channel. I've been said it on this podcast. A lot of Dolphin fans did not like it. They were in my YouTube videos commenting, what are you, what are you talking about? I kept telling them, you're not beating the good teams. You're not beating the teams with the winning records. You know, all these good teams... 
are beating you guys. Like, you guys do look good, but against these sorry-ass teams. So, like, you know, you guys still got to prove it. And they didn't believe it, and boom. Choked the division away. Bills win their fourth straight division. And now the Dolphins look, you know, sad, to be honest. In the press, conf- in the press conference, you could tell Mike McDaniel's uh, spark is kind of gone. He's he's a little, you know, down. His his the the bass in his voice is not there. You could tell he's like a little a little dopey, a little moany, you know. Like like it makes sense. They choked the division away, but I will. I'm here to give you guys the silver lining. This is the positive spin on this. Okay, the Dolphins as they're currently constructed with their both their ed- edge rushers, Phillips and. Chubb being out, they, they were not going too deep into the playoffs once they get these better teams. Not only because, you know, they haven't really beaten any good teams this year, and there's a lot of stuff that they need to work on. Tua needs to get better. Um, that defense needs to get better. But when you lose your Ed rushers like that, it's GG's for the most part. The most I could see them win is one game in the playoffs. They catch fire. Their offense has a chance to catch fire for one game. Boom, they get one. But couldn't really see them winning two games and once the scenarios came out that if they won on saturday or on sunday night they would play the bills the next week back to back at home i thought that was bad i thought that was bad because the bills were making a lot of mistakes they were kind of handing the game to the dolphins and i didn't think and they were sticking in the game so i was like even if the dolphins win i think the bills come back hungry next week they fix their mistakes and they beat them and then you're kind of left with like, yeah, we won the division. Yeah, we beat them when it kind of mattered, you know, to win the division and get a home game. But they beat us when it really mattered, when it's actually winning you're out. Or winning you're in, losing you're out. And then that would have hurt, you know, to beat the Bills week 18 and then lose to them in the first round. And obviously they could have beaten them, but beating the Bills two weeks in a row would have been super, super tough. And and now they go to the Chiefs. Now they're going to the champions' house in, in like negative degree weather. It's gonna be crazy. By no means are the Dolphins favorites. By no means am I picking the Dolphins. I do think the Chiefs are gonna win. I'll say my picks at the end of the show. At the end of the episode, I'll say my picks for all the games, all six games in the in the wild card round. So I, I'm not picking the Dolphins, but I'm giving you the silver lining. I'm giving you what Mike McDaniel should tell his team so here it is they could win this game i'm not picking them but they could win this game they could catch fire tyree kill could go crazy you know if they get most back if they get a chani a chani back or healthy he was back this game if they get you know him going wilson jr going they could they could potentially beat the chiefs and if they beat the chiefs and they lose in the playoffs, it's still a good season. Because even although it would be, you know, win one and then you're out. If you beat the defending champions in their stadium with Patrick Mahomes in negative degree weather, everyone will start thinking about you differently. That whole narrative that you can't beat good teams, gone. That whole narrative that you could only win in nice Miami weather, gone. That whole, you know question mark about Tua not being able to play or win a playoff game or even get to the team there gone they would have beaten Mahomes in Arrowhead in negative degree weather 
and they're the reigning champions. That would be like that would be other than winning the Super Bowl, that's the that's the game that that could give them the most rep, the most credibility, the most cachet going into next year. You do that, you pull that upset off in Arrowhead, then you could always go back to that when people start hating on you. Even next season, if they start struggling against winning teams, or they're like 8-0 against teams under 500, and then they're like 0-3 against good teams, they could always have that in the back of their head. But we went to Arrowhead, and we beat Mahomes in his stadium in negative-degree weather. They will always have that. Now, if they would have won the division, and they would have beat the Bills and then they lose in the second round, then, yeah, you know what? Like, all right, you guys beat the Bills. The Bills were kind of falling apart. They were, like, fluky. Um, They're in your division. You know, like, you know, you're just beating teams in your division. Once you got to a team outside of your division, you lost. There's a lot of ways that could have gotten spun. If the Bills would have choked earlier and you would have played someone else, like the Steelers or the Browns, you're like, okay, but you beat, like, you know, you beat Rudolph and you beat a 38-year-old Flacco. Like, so, like I, I, like I said, I never really saw the Dolphins winning more than one game. So, so I don't think they would, realistically, I didn't see them winning the, the Super Bowl this year. So, if they were going to win one game, the Chiefs is a team that could give them the most cachet, the most good feelings going into next year when they inevitably, inevitably, Losing the playoffs and, you know, their season's over. Like, this team, it would be great for, you know, Dolphins fans if they make it to the Super Bowl. But without Phillips, without Chubb, like, I don't, I don't see it. And Waddle a little bit hurt. I don't see it. But that's the silver lining for the Dolphins. Win this one against the Chiefs. Get your players back from injury next year. Sign a couple players. You're going to have a different mental going into next year. You're gonna you're gonna know that you could beat a good team. You're gonna know that you can play in cold weather, and it'll be a whole different mood going into next year. So this is it. This is a good setup for the Dolphins. This is if you want to prove your haters wrong, this is it. This is the game. It sets up perfectly. People could look at it like it sets up super bad for you guys, but you could flip it and think about it positively. Like we could dispel all these notions with one game. So go out there, Dolphins, and. Prove it to the to the doubters, because I'm one of them. I'm picking the Chiefs, but I'm getting hyped just thinking about it, bro. Just thinking about that speech that McDaniel could give to his team. Like, bro, just we, n- negative degree weather, defending champions, best quarterback in the league, probably the best head coach in the league, and we beat them. Like, what's up? Like, we're, our arrow's pointing all the way up again. Now, for Tua... My boy struggled last week, struggled this week. He needs to have a little more sip in his arm. I don't know, but that would be a, that would go a long ways if he's able to knock off Mahomes. He might get a contract. Currently, right now, if they lose, I don't think they offer him the contract. I think they go into the fifth year and they see what they could do afterwards. But if he knocks off Mahomes, then he there's a lot of money to be had. So it's big for the Dolphins. It's big for two. It's big for a lot of people. So. Go Dolphins. Give us a good game at least. Because against the Bills, you guys didn't really show up. The Bills had a lot of mistakes. It could have been bad. It could have been a blowout. And the week before, you got blown out by the Ravens. So at least give us a good game against the Chiefs. Please. 
after starting eight and three, the Jaguars lose five out of six, and they end up with a nine and eight record, and they miss the playoffs. This is crazy stuff. I can't believe it. It's bad for Trevor Lawrence. It's bad for the Jaguars. It's bad for Peterson. It's a step back for the Jaguars, who had progressed last year, who had looked like a very competitive team, who had a miracle against the Chargers last year in the playoffs. And everyone thought, like, you know, their arrow's all the way up. This team's going to be winning this division consistently. Like, you kind of thought of the Jaguars as the Bills a couple years back. Like, they found their quarterback. Quarterback had a great playoff moment. Division doesn't look that strong. And it's there for their taking, you know? That's that's kind of how I thought of the Jaguars going into this year. I thought the Colts were going to be, you know, they were going to be all right with, with uh, Richardson. Caesar Shaw and the Texans were going to be awful, and the Titans were going to be, you know, take another step back and be, you know, around 500, a little bit under 500. But, and the Jaguars were just going to easily win the division, and it was nothing but that. The Colts, even though they lost Richardson, they were super competitive. They were in it to the last game. CJ Stroud completely turned the Texans around. He looks like the best quarterback in that division. Lawrence took a step back instead of a step forward, and the team just fell apart at the end. So what should have been a good season, what should have been, you know, the start of the Jaguars, you know, at least two, three, four, five-year run of, you know, running the South for a little bit, which is what I thought was going to happen to, you know, CJ Stroud or Richardson, you know, matured a little bit and were able to give a legit run for the Jaguars. It ended in disaster, man. Losing five out of six to end the season, potentially fighting for the first seed to missing the playoffs overall. It's, it's awful. And then winning your in in the last week against the Titans who are not playing for anything to go down super quick. Trevor Lawrence having um, crucial interceptions, crucial turnovers. And in the end, they couldn't they couldn't get it done. Lawrence, you know, completely missing on fourth down. You know, he's hurt. So you got to give him, you got to, you know, give him a little bit of a pass. But overall, it's just a bad season for the Jaguars. They're going to go into this offseason lamenting all these missed opportunities. Unfortunate that Lawrence got hurt in that Bengals game. But they should have been able to win one of these games. Browns, Ravens, Buccaneers, Titans. Like, yeah, that's a tough schedule, but come on. Against the Titans who are not playing for anything, it should have been it should have been there for their taking. It should have been there for their taking, and they didn't get it done. And now there's a lot of questions for Lawrence. Like, he needs to bounce back next year. He never really looked amazing this year. He had a three-game run where he was doing pretty good before the Bengals game. And then it all came crashing down. But that generational talent that people were talking about before the draft, we haven't really seen it. We haven't really seen, other than the Charger game, and the Chargers are known for, you know, being the Chargers and choking stuff away and being just charging their, themselves out of victories. And now we know that Staley was probably the worst head coach last year and this year so you know it takes a little bit of the shine away from that comeback that the Jaguars had and other than that second half against the Chargers Lawrence hasn't really looked like an amazing quarterback he did have a good end of the end of the year last year but he never really looked like CJ Stroud does this year with the Texans like CJ Stroud's clearly the best quarterback in that division Richardson has the potential to be the second one and even Will Levis you know, we got to see what he can do. But, like, what seemed that it was going to be Trevor Lawrence's division to be had for, the, you know, the foreseeable future, future, 
uh, you know, there's question marks about Lawrence for sure. And I'll just give this. I'll say this to the Bears. I'll touch on this probably a little bit later or on a different episode. But Caleb Williams looks like he's a blue chipper, but he's not he's not getting the hype or the attention that Trevor Lawrence was coming out of college. Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be the best prospect in a long, long time. He's supposed to be Andrew Luck. He's supposed to be Peyton Manning. And he has not lived up to it. And all I'm trying to say is that there's no guarantee that these quarterbacks with a lot of hype are going to be amazing. So, you know, for the Bears, that's something to think about. Trevor Lawrence, the most hyped quarterback in a long time, is not really, you know, separating himself from... I mean, his draft class wasn't that good, so he is separating himself a little bit from that class. But, I mean, the numbers came out today, comparing it to to Mac Jones. They were pretty close, but obviously he's better than Mac Jones. But he's not really separating himself. He's not really catching up to the top quarterbacks in the league. That's something to think about for the Bears when they discuss Caleb Williams and Justin Fields. There's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. Like I said, Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be the best best prospect in a long, long time. And so far... You know, he has one playoff win that he did lead them back, but he also threw four interceptions in that game in the first half. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We got to see how he does next year. Disappointing end of the season for the Jaguars. And let's quickly just run through my picks for the wild card round in the NFL playoffs. Browns versus Texans get us started on Saturday afternoon. Although everyone's on the Browns bandwagon, everyone's hyping up Joe Flacco. You know, I'm one of those people that got to be like, chill out, chill out. You know, Joe Flacco is going to come back to earth. He was never even this good in his prime. Like, homie's going, he's on a heater right now. He's going to come back down to earth. I think the Texans bring him down to earth. C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in in that game. Texans win. Dolphins, Chiefs, you know, I gave that little motivational speech to the Dolphins. They could prove so many people wrong. They could, you know, prove all these misconceptions about them or what they think is misconceptions of them wrong in this game can't beat a good team chiefs are a good team kind of good team you know but they have a winning record can't be um can't win away from miami yeah they're going to negative degree weather in arrowhead can't win away uh Tua can't you know get a playoff win tyreek going back to arrowhead this is a big game for the dolphins if they get this next year they're going to have that monkey off the bag knowing that they could be a winning team. They'll beat the defending champions. With all that being said, I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs winning this one. Bills versus Steelers. Rudolph versus um, Allen. If Allen doesn't throw the game away, I think the Bills win this comfortably. Packers versus Cowboy. This is the one. This is the interesting one. Obviously, there's history there. Different teams. Um, but there's history. Jordan Love was on is on a heater too. End of the season. 18 touchdowns, one interception in his last, like, eight, nine games. It's going to be a great game. I think this is going to be the game of the weekend. I have – I low-key want to say the Packers pulled the upset, but Cowboys at home have been too good. I have the Cowboys on in a good, in a good, good, good game. Um, Rams versus Lions, this is another good storyline. This is going to be a great game. Um, Rams have been arguably one of the better teams in the second half of the season, but I like the Lions. I like how they turn the franchise around. It'll be nice to see Goff get a win against his old team. Let's go Lions. Eagles versus Buccaneers. Eagles, man. 
they were they were in their on their Jaguars type beat. Thankfully for them, they had a couple more wins, so they still get to sneak into the playoffs. But they they've been on a bad run. Buccaneers, I would have picked the Buccaneers, but they scored nine points against the Panthers in a win in your end game. So they're not the hottest team either. I think the Eagles get it together at least for one game on Monday night, and they beat the Buccaneers. Those are my picks for the wild card round in the NFL. And today we find out that Mike Rabel has been fired by the Titans. Uh, honestly, I don't know if this one was getting a lot of attention going into the end of the year, but caught me a little bit by surprise. Uh, I didn't really see this one coming. I think he's a good coach. I don't. Maybe he's not great, but he's a good coach for sure. And he's still early enough in his. I believe this was his first coaching job. Only been coaching for six seasons. I think he has room to improve as a coach. Um. But yeah, where do the where do the Titans go from here? They're gonna lose Derrick Henry, losing Mike Rabel. They lost AJ Brown a couple years back. Um, they're losing Tannehill, who was their you know franchise quarterback for like the last five six years. It's gonna be it's gonna be a different look Titans. Um, I I see them being bottom feeders for the next couple years. Unfortunately, sorry Titans fans. Colts look good. Um, Jaguars, you know they'll probably bounce back next year. We'll see uh, what happens with Lawrence development. CJ Stroud is a dog. He's probably already top five quarterback in the league. So, you know, the future is not good for the Titans. They low-key did Mike Rabel a solid by firing him. And now he can go to a team with a better prospect or better, you know, outlook for these next few years. But I like him. I like him. I think he's a good coach. He's smart. He has that. He's not from the Belichick coaching tree. He was just a player under him. But as far as having the wits, and knowing the rule book and stuff like that, Mike Brabel has shown that he knows the ins and outs of the of the rule book, and he has done some of those Bill Belichick stuff where, like you know, you just it happens on the field, and you're like, he just knew, he knew, he knows the rule book, he knows what he's doing. I think he even did it to Belichick once. I forgot what the scenario was, but something to do with the clock, or if you get a foul, the clock runs or something like that. I think it was some, it had something to do along those lines. And it was just like Mike Brable, you know, one-upping Bill Belichick and basically letting him know, like, hey, I read, I read the rule book, too. You know, I'm a good coach, too. Um, Patriot fans, do you guys want him? I, I, I'm, I'm hearing mixed feelings. I'm hearing, yeah, this is, you know, the perfect heir, the perfect person to take over for Bill Belichick. I'm hearing others say, nah, we want someone completely different. We need a new a new head coach, hopefully offensive-minded. So if we get a new coach, he could coach them up. He, they could grow together. The quarterback doesn't have to, you know, be switching offensive coordinators year in, year out. We'll see. We'll see. This is very interesting. Not going to lie, this caught me off guard. I think the Titans, when they beat the Dolphins, even though they had a bad year, I think that was, like, a very telling telling win that that team is still super behind Mike Brable and he's still a good coach and they're still able to beat the Dolphins in Miami but you know the Titans thought differently and you know up front office from the Titans they might not be the smartest bunch like the clip is resurfacing of Mike Brable getting hot in the draft room when they traded AJ Brown to the to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and this was at the time when the titans had just gone to the afc championship or maybe the year after i don't remember exactly the year but they had either just gone to the afc championship or it was a year after where they were still in the playoffs and they either won a game or they were one and out but they had a good record went to the playoffs and lost and 
instead of improving the team, instead of thinking the team is close, you trade away your number one wide receiver. You draft another wide receiver. He hasn't really done anything. It's a bad look for the Titans. Um, that that was a bad look. That was a bad trade. AJ Brown, you know, he's killing it with the Eagles. Titans are, you know, on a nosedive to the bottom of the AFC South, bottom of the AFC. And now they get rid of, you know, a very respected head coach. I think he's for surely going to find a job. Might be the might be the Patriots, might be somewhere else. This one caught me a little bit off guard, not going to lie. But like I said, they might be doing him a favor because the Titans, without Derrick Henry, without Brable, without AJ Brown, they might they could be, you know, this nosedive could be a couple years. But it is what it is. Let me know what you guys think. Where is Mike Brable going to go? And to conclude this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast, we got some sad news this weekend. It came that Rafa Nadal is going to miss the Australian Open. And, man, I'm sad. I'm sad for my boy. That's my GOAT. That's my favorite tennis player. I am going to be attending the Australian Open in a couple of weeks. So I'm very, very upset that the opportunity, the chance of seeing Nadal play down under is gone. Very, very upset about that. But it's not about me. It's about Nadal, and I hope he gets better. I hope this is a small tear in the muscle. I hope he's able to return. I hope he's able to do, you know, the hardcore swing in the U.S. Selfishly, I am going to Indian Wells, too, so hopefully he's back by then. If not, I hope he's able to at least go to Roland Garros, maybe play in the Olympics. But my fear is that this might be it. My fear is that, you know, the thread on the tire might be gone too much that a year of recovery, a year of trying to get back, a year of, you know, rehab and training and a couple of weeks of lead up to this return, a lot of hype, and then you play three matches and you're done. And best of three, best of three sets and you're done after your third match. That's not good, man. That's not good for Nadal. He is a warrior, though. He is a fighter. He is known for digging deep and i hope he comes back man because like the way federer went out he wasn't able to go out on his own terms if you guys remember he was nursing an injury he came back for the french open beat somebody didn't feel comfortable and then defaulted didn't continue dropped out of the tournament and then there were speculations of when he i think it was 2021 tournament 2021 French Open, there's speculation when he's going to come back. He was out for the year, and then the next year, 2022, he announces his retirement, and that's it. He never, is, he never competed again. And my fear is that this is this is the parallel. You know, the French Open for Federer is, you know, Brisbane for Nadal, where he's done for the year. He comes back. He plays two matches. He wins a couple of matches. He loses. He tears his muscle. It's It's a little more serious than you expect, and then rehab keeps getting delayed keeps getting delayed and then that's it he never comes back you have nadal retiring at at a labor cup and then that's it and you, you never hear from them again or you do see them but they're just you know honorary people at wimbledon honorary people at the french open that's my fear that's my fear i don't want brisbane 2024 to be the french open 2021 for Federer. I hope the parallel is not there. I hope it's not the same. I hope it's not like, you know, he came back, he's gone, and then he's going to come back, delayed, delayed, boom, retired. I don't know. Or he's not He's not going to complete his comeback. It's too much. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope we get to see him in the French Open. 
and I hope we get to see him in the Olympics. Um, when he came back and he won a couple games, I was like, oh yeah, we're at least gonna see him finish the year. He might if he gets into form, he might even win the French Open. But we're gonna see him the whole year. He looks good. He looks good. My boy's beating team, even though team's a shell of himself too. He's out here beating, you know, the other American or whoever he played in the second round. He's good. He's gonna be com- he's gonna be competitive the whole year. We're gonna have him for the year. With this news that he's dropping out, just it broke my heart, man. It broke my heart. Oh, my boy Nadal, man. I hope I hope you're good. I hope you dig deep and come back, man. And and then we'll be able to enjoy you at least for a couple more tournaments. One more French Open, man. That's all I want. One more French Open, please. But Nadal, just get better, man. If this is it, amazing career, amazing career. I know you're gonna enjoy your retirement, but I hope I hope it's not it. I hope you dig deep and you you come back. But anyways, that should do it for this episode of the Hearts Handle Sports Podcast. As always, thank you so much if you you know made it to the end. Appreciate you all and everyone. Have a great day. Peace.